To the 10 and 2 podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Catlin. And we're here every week talking watches, photography, adventure, and exploring the world of horology. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you know what's strange is like, I, I actually kind of forget the intro sometimes, but if I just start saying it, it all just comes back to me. Like the minute, it's just like a song, right? Right. Something like that. <laughs> It's um, fine. We're allowed to forget the intro for our own show. It's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, so it's fine. if you guys don't know that by now, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of our charm, right? It is. We never remember <laughs> the intro. Yeah. We always laugh when we start. Uh, right. It's just us. We, we have innuendos that get us on like 15 minute laughing fits. Yeah. I miss those um, days. <laughs> Those days when we used to drink I, before I, we started. I think recording. it was the it was the alcohol. We we definitely used to drink a lot more on this podcast. We've become like adults and we don't we like are. responsible. <laughs> well, because now we have totally different lifestyles. We, we used to record like on a weeknight. Yeah. So it was like after work, we would meet for dinner and drinks and then we would record. Yeah. And I wasn't getting home till like midnight. Now it's like um, 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> exactly. I'm coming over with coffee. We got a lunch at 11.30. I know. <laughs> like we're literally knocking on a sushi restaurant door <laughs> waiting on them to open. <laughs> oh man. That's, Times have changed. Times have changed. I miss, I, we need to like... Not that we need to have like a drunk podcast, but we we need to like just have a chill podcast. Yes. And uh, yeah, get back to the I good mean, old days. It's socially acceptable to drink mimosas in the morning. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we could just, I'll bring over champagne and orange juice and we'll just have mimosas and then record. And we have a fun episode today. This was actually pre-recorded. Uh, I don't even know how long ago. A couple remember. weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Maybe. What is time? I don't even know. Yeah, it, it doesn't exist. It's fine. <laughs> but we had the best time. We had Miles Fisher and his wife, Lucy, on our show. Uh, Miles, you guys may have heard him on, he's been on Houdinki. He's been on our friends, the OT podcast. He's also been on Scottish Watches. He's an actor. Um, he's acted in things like Mad Men, Gossip Girl, um, Final Destination, and and lots more. I mean, he's got a huge rap sheet here that I'm looking at. But he was like just the most amazing person. And he had reached out several times to be on our show. And I was floored that A, he even wanted to come on the show. But that, I can't, that A, he knows that we exist. Yeah. That B, yeah. he wanted to be on the show. Exactly. And I... I, I I felt back. It's like I was not really reaching back out because in my mind, I was like, oh, well, he's been on all of our friends podcasts. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what, what can we bring to the table that's different, right? Well, luckily, he thought of this amazing idea to have his wife, Lucy, join him and have kind of a husband and wife chat, which, well, it's a different, a different dynamic that we don't really talk about too often on the show. And uh, we were, yeah, just completely honored to have them both on. They're hilarious. They're so down to earth and funny. And, you know, we we didn't even cover 
half of it. And I, and I think we, we chatted with them at the end about doing a part two. And uh, yeah, I can see a part two happening very, very soon. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think the interesting thing is, is Miles just recently started getting into watches. Yeah. Uh, mostly through the pandemic. And so, you know, when Kat says it's, it's a different perspective, it's, it's also he was able to get his wife into watches as well, like during this whole time. And I think that's always something that like I know anytime, you know, you scroll through the forums or the Facebook groups or wherever else, you know, the question always pops up. How do you get your significant other into watches? And mm-hmm. so I think it was so interesting hearing both of their evolutions in yeah. such a short period of time and how they kind of like how they chat through the processes of buying watches and things like that together as a couple uh, was super, super interesting to me. And, and like, yeah, they were so much fun. They were, like, they were insane amount of fun. So. You know, and he's, he's not doing a ton of acting these days, but he, he's, his passion right now is obviously watches and his coffee company, which is Big Speed, Big Speed Coffee. And, uh, you know, we're not sponsored by them, but oh my gosh, this coffee is amazing. I bought, I bought the K cups and I've bought just like the regular ground coffee. And um, I got to say, it's just, it's good stuff. I'm not like a coffee connoisseur. I'm not like Adrian from Bark and Jack. You know, I'm not that fancy. <laughs> Kat, gave, Kat gave that up. Real I fast. did. I gave it <laughs> you up. You tried so hard. I did. Was, I tried real hard. <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> you know, it was like start of pandemic and I was like, what can I do at home every day? And then after like, after a month, I was like, nope, I, I don't have this anymore. I Bring can't. me the K cups. <laughs> <laughs> K-cups are back. But I will say that like, so when I normally buy K-cups, like, you know, there's a little bit of a stale taste, right? They're never like super fresh. Well, this is not the case with this coffee. I mean, I can tell it's amazingly fresh. And um, even my husband, who's not the biggest coffee drinker, um, I kind of had to told him, tell him like, don't steal my Bixby coffee because even he was like, this is really, really good. I get very possessive over my food <laughs> items in the pantry. Like, <laughs> I, I grew up with a brother that, you know, your mom like made and you had a sister that's close to your age too. Yeah. Like you had to share everything the with everything. them. So as an adult, I became really, I get a little over possessive about things. Like <laughs> even maybe my watches sometimes, but definitely food. If I buy something that is for me, like don't you fucking dare touch it. Whoops. I guess. <laughs> like it's mine. I will. I will. It will. Yeah. We will have words if you um touch, I touch my stuff. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing worse in life. So now Tyler <laughs> is a teenager who eats freaking everything oh. on earth all the time. I don't know where like it goes, but he eats it all. And there's nothing worse than like, oh man, like I know that I have this box of cereal in my house. And it's like that's sometimes as an adult. I'm allowed to make the decision that for dinner you better tonight start hiding at 8 it. o'clock, I want a bowl of cereal. <laughs> yes, and I get home and like all the damn Lucky Charms are gone. Yep. I'm like, dude, what is going on? You're going to have to have uh, that secret stash away from him. Uh, so ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, hey, we had a really great interview. We did. Today, we so did. We hope you guys really enjoy it. It was so much fun. Let us know what you think. And I think part two is definitely coming because it was such a great time. Uh, but of them have the most amazing story together and uh yeah we hope you enjoy it as much as we did all right all right well welcome to the show miles and lucy how are you guys we're We're good good. and we don't (laughs) we're 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 in the same house but in separate rooms yeah i hope we don't talk over one another. no i'm sure you're gonna be fine you're gonna be totally fine 
we're happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I was yes. going to say, it's so nice to have you guys so on the show. Um, you know, we've been fans of you, Miles, for a while now, and you've been doing some really cool things lately. So we're, we're excited to chat with you. And and uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming on today. Likewise, this is, this is a, a, you know, uh, bright lights appearance for, uh, for both of us. We're very excited. And as I said, Lucy and I have n- never done any sort of interview or conversation together. Yeah. Uh, so it's a real treat, but um, I just want to say I've, I've been listening to y'all for over a year <laughs> and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to not have to camouflage my native use of y'all. <laughs> Wait, where are you from? Do you normally say y'all? I'm a seventh generation Texan. I'm really? born and raised in Dallas, oh, Texas. That's awesome. Man, this episode yeah. is about to get real country, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> not well, for me. I'm a third generation Angelino. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be hearing y'all from me. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. Yeah, it's so funny because we have listeners now that'll that'll comment on our Instagram page and they'll they'll add a little y'all to the end of it. It's so sweet. I love it. Y'all has taken over the world. Like it's <laughs> everywhere now and I love it. It really, it really is. And it's so effective uh, and easy. I mean, you know, the, uh, all the other kind of romance languages and Latin based languages have the second person plural. Mm-hmm. Um, but in English, we don't. And so just, Hey, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Uh, or, or even, even just simple, like, where's y'all's heads at? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Well, for, for our listeners that, that don't know too much about you guys, Miles, we'll start with you. Just, can you, can you give them an overview about what you do? Obviously you're an actor, but, um, if you can kind of dive into that and you're doing so much more than that now too. And Mm -hmm. and I want, I want our listeners to know about that. Well, um, like I said, I'm, I'm from Dallas and I, I went to high school in Washington, DC and kind of growing up, I traveled, around a lot. And in college, I started really performing. I was, I was constantly shooting stuff with a camera. And then I, I was performing as a musician, honestly singing, but getting to travel all over the world during my, my summers in college. And so, um, by the time I had graduated from college in, in the mid aughts in 2006, (laughs) um, you know, I was lucky to have traveled and kind of performed um, at least in, in over 30 countries around the world. And so I moved out to Los Angeles and I started making dinky videos right around the time, you know, YouTube and digital video became a phenomenon. And, you know, those those videos started getting a whole bunch of eyeballs back when it was a new thing yeah. and a new mm-hmm. algorithm and just a... Uh, uh, a whole new world really. And I actually started making a little money off of it because I persuaded brands, you know, to, to give me a little bit of money to feature their product. But, uh, it was with a very soft touch and I was making music videos because I was able to record music on my own. Okay. And those videos ended up doing really well. And so, you know, back then I would have never said it now, but in retrospect, I suppose I was, you know, a first generation YouTube star if such a thing existed. And back then the way to monetize, you know, whatever heat you had was to get to, to move up to the big leagues, which mm-hmm. was getting cast in real TV shows and, mm-hmm. and real films. And so um, I started having some luck with that. And all of a sudden it became a, a real career, but I didn't, I, I didn't anticipate that. Um, you know, I, I have 
several siblings and, and parents and was lucky to get a good education at, at Harvard. And, you know, I was an English major, but also studied finance. And I, I never thought this would be my reality. And um, had a really fun run. I, I, I almost say that in the past tense because I kind of hung up my, my well, I would say hung up our cleats, but amongst this audience, I hung up my spurs about <laughs> several years ago uh, when this coffee business that I had started as a side project uh, became a, a real going concern. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, suffice to say that the world of online video, uh, you know, even how you and I are, are talking on podcasts, it's things are changing so fastly. Uh, but essentially it was an actor for a long time, but always really considered myself kind of a marketing guy. Mm-hmm. I love just having ideas and making these videos and sharing them with the world. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll wrap up kind of my Cliff's notes, but long story short, around the time Lucy and I met, I was, you know, knocking on the door of 30 years old. And I felt like with all of my acting roles, which, you know, it was, it was a really good run. Which is to say, if you look my name up on IMDb, you know, you have to scroll down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've been in a whole bunch of movie shows yeah, and TV yeah. shows, but it just never really broke broke out. I was mm-hmm. the lead of a whole bunch of TV shows that never were. We shot a pilot and then it gets put on the shelf for yeah. a year. And long story short, I just felt like I was renting my career. Okay. And, um, and so this change to uh, coffee where, you know, I always say that the brands of the last hundred years we're all built on shelves and the brands of tomorrow are all must be built in the iPhone presented in the iPhone, this prism mm-hmm. that is kind of the new window shopping of the world. Yeah. And so it's the same principles. I still make videos. I still, um, you know, in, interact with consumers of visual media, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of to a different purpose. That's that's me in a nutshell. I don't know. What did I miss, Lucy? I'm a dad and a husband and uh, a watch enthusiast. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think you got all of it. I particularly liked the, the movie shows. Um, <laughs> so I, it's funny uh, how Miles and I met. We were set up on a blind date by my boss, who's a family friend of his family. Okay. At our wedding, my brother-in-law, Miles' older brother, joked that it was about time that this actor, entrepreneur person, who's Miles, met someone who was more of an editor and producer. So um, I basically did a lot of more behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay. I grew up in Los Angeles, definitely around the entertainment industry, and I loved the creative parts of it, but the privacy of like a quiet, normal life is really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't really want to be involved in it in any way, really outside of like the creative nuts and bolts of it. Mm -hmm. So I went to school similarly for English and comp lit and I minored in creative writing. And at the time I was sort of the last generation where you had to learn the Dewey Decimal System, but then you also started to learn like a little bit of HTML. So I always loved computers and I ended up um, parlaying my, you know, really strong education in grammar basically to uh, writing for the Huffington Post. So I did that as an editor for um, a few years. I was the assistant editor of Huffington Post Los Angeles, which was 
really fun. And um, I met one of my closest friends there and it was a wonderful experience, but it was really, really early days. My When I first started working for them, I was working out of uh, my boss's home. We didn't even have an office space at the time. Oh, so wow. we sourced everything from our interview subjects to our photos to our, uh, you know, our event coverage. We did all of it. Um, and we were producing like 12 unique stories every day out of that office per person. It was just like madness. But then the Huffington Post decided that they wanted to create a piece of video content for every piece of editorial content on the website. So I actually ended up becoming a video producer because I sort of knew the HuffPost editorial DNA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was also producing some web content for AOL, which at the time owned the Huffington Post. Gotcha. And so I started doing that. And I actually ended up leaving HuffPost and continuing to work in web production. I most recently was at Stand Up to Cancer and I was managing their digital media, which was amazing. Yeah. And I love producing stories for people. I loved highlighting people that were caretakers or cancer patients or nurses or biologists yeah. or, you know, anybody that touched the, um, you know, I guess it's a supply chain for cancer care. So I have always loved the computer. I've always loved producing web content, telling stories, so on and so forth. So I have donated a lot of my time to small uh, businesses over the last couple of years while I've been working 24-7, 365 days <laughs> a year as a mom. Yeah. So I feel like, I don't know, there hasn't been any sunk cost with all of the hard work that I put in during my career because everything, I have to use every skill I've ever learned as a mom. I have two little kids. We have two little kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our oldest is three and our youngest is one. Oh and gosh. so I actually had. And, uh, and a Labrador retriever. And we have a Labrador. Um, <laughs> So I actually had Clara, our youngest, two months before the lockdown started. So it was this really interesting sort of pandemic postpartum wow. situation, which I don't know, is a whole other podcast <laughs> on its own. But um, yeah, so I basically have been more like the editor, producer, line producer version of our marriage. And Miles has always been sort of like the creative entrepreneur you know, the star. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like two peas in a pod. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's a lot of balance for sure. That is. Um, well, before we get too deep into watch talk, let's do a really quick wristwatch check because I want to know what you guys are wearing today. You want me to go for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, go let's, for let's, it. Let's hear from you, Lucy. Okay, I feel, I mean, I'm such um, like a, such a newbie, so <laughs> I don't know all the numbers and stuff. Oh, we don't no, either. We it's don't fine. Either. You're good. <laughs> um, I'm wearing um, a Rolex Explorer 1. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Love it. From what research I've done, it's the 114270. So it's 36 millimeters um, and it's from probably like around 2005. Cool. So 
I love it. It was given to me as a gift by my wonderful husband for Christmas. <laughs> I actually, well, I don't know. You should do your wrist check first because I don't know what you're wearing right now. Well, it was, okay, we can come back to yours. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing uh, a special watch that I only recently uh, picked up, which is the 37 millimeter AP Ooh, 15450. The, the 37 too. Yeah. The 37, very cognizant yeah. that, um, this, uh, these proportions will probably uh, better suit being passed on to what looks like uh, only daughters in, in my <laughs> situation. So we'll see. Uh, but I love it. I quite love this watch and, and actually shared kind of the whole experience. This process uh, with uh, Audemars Piguet has been really interesting, particularly during the pandemic, but kind of brought Lucy to the boutique and have oh. kind of introduced her to all of this yeah. um, because uh, the only watch before this that had really gotten was this Rolex for Lucy, which was a surprise because I wanted to get her. Well, we'd always talked about like, we, I guess let's just like jump into how like, yeah. Yeah, go people for it. talk about watches, but yeah. Miles has a Rolex Explorer the 39 millimeter. Okay. And we probably shouldn't be admitting this on a podcast, but whatever we will anyways. We basically turned in our gift registry coupons from our wedding to get that. So like we were registered at a very like upscale boutique in Los Angeles. And so they give you gift notes and so you can use them at your discretion. So oh, nice. we ended up buying Miles like this beautiful watch in addition to some like nice pieces for our home. But um, just, quickly, like just to- quickly, quickly to interject, because <laughs> if, if anybody is like, they did what? OK, so again, I'm from Texas. I have well, a it makes family. sense. You wear it every day. You yeah, don't wear right. fine china no, I, look, every day. There is exactly. zero judgment from us no, right now. I will eat on paper plates if I could have a nice Rolex while there is. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have no problem with it, but so anyways, I just want to finish by saying like, I loved that watch. I love the way it looks on him. And then one day he said like, well, why don't you try it on? And I tried it on and it's beautiful, but it's just too big. Yeah. I had no idea that the Explorer one was 36 millimeters. I had no idea any of that. So, um, when Miles surprised me for Christmas, it was amazing because, now we sort of have like a his and hers yeah. um, watch combo. Well, I had asked Lucy over and over because I, I just wanted to get her a nice watch because mm-hmm. I noticed, you know, she she was being very supportive and appreciative of, again, my increasingly helpless addiction into <laughs> horology. And uh, through her support, you know, she had she had ha- had a couple of nice watches in her life. She's always liked watches. I know. She claims it stems from a Mary and Kate Olson. Mary Kate and Ashley. Wait, yeah. how? I do want to well, hear so this. Well, so Mary Kate has a Royal Oak. Lucy. Well, okay, so this is so cheesy, but whatever. I so Mary Kate and Ashley are my age, mm-hmm. and um, like I kind of knew them around peripherally, um, and they were you know, very fashion forward at like a young age. Obviously Mm -hmm. they're extremely successful. They've built a beautiful business for themselves, but Mary-Kate has a Royal Oak that she wears. I know that like 
they have at least one Daytona. They have another like day date and they're really big. They're like yeah. 38 millimeter plus like big watches. And so you notice them. And I just remember thinking that like they looked so cool and chic. And I asked my mom for a gold Rolex for my high school graduation present <laughs> because why not when yeah. you're living in Los Angeles? That it can't hurt to ask, right? <laughs> right? Why not? So, well, my mother's grandfather was a designer for Tiffany. And oh, so wow. my mom also went to gemology school. So she, oh. um, and she wore, she still wears Rolex. She has um, a Chanel J12 that she wears, but my dad wore a Cartier tank. And so it was sort of like, I was aware of the fact that watches are aesthetic. They're Mm -hmm. beautiful, you know, and they sort of take on the personalities of the people that wear them. And I loved that. So, so basically I loved the way that I saw the Olsen twins wearing their watches, which is so random and hilarious and I don't know, maybe (laughs) embarrassing, but who cares? And so I had asked my mom if I could get a Rolex for my high school graduation present And so she found one, it's a 31 millimeter OP from probably like the mid eighties. It's when like the band, and again, like I'm a novice, so I'm not sure if I'm using the right language around this, but it has just like the regular oyster bracelet, Mm -hmm. but the clasp is really fragile. And so um, I can't really wear it that much. I wore it every day for years and years and years. And I think it just... It just wore, yeah, it wore out kind of. So I don't wear that watch very often, but like I do have it. It was engraved by my mom Aww. on the back, and so I love it. And that was like my first first special watch. I was joking with a friend of mine earlier. Um, I told her that we were recording a watch podcast <laughs> together, and <laughs> I was like, I definitely have to remember to tell you guys that my first watch ever was a baby G. It was like a turquoise, like blue, like electric blue baby G, like G-Shock watch yeah. that I would wear all the time in high school, and I loved it. Anyways, That's awesome. Yeah, so. yeah that, I, I had a G-Shock. I had a baby G, actually. It was given to me by a, by a friend of the family, and, and that was kind of like my first like really cool watch. Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Like I remember just like having such a like, I don't know, pep in my step when I would wear it. <laughs> oh, they definitely were like the thing to have back in the day for sure. Totally. totally. Um, but yeah, it sounds like you, you know, you've kind of, you know, I think going into this, I, I may have thought you had recently really got into yeah. watches, but you've kind of been around them for a while now. I think I've been around them and I've always sort of been interested, like I said, in like the aesthetic, almost jewelry-like quality of them. Mm-hmm. But so I, I guess, Miles, do you want to tell them sort of how like your watch <laughs> habit started <laughs> because I feel like that is really when I became yeah more aware of it as well. Cause miles, you kind of got into it right at the start, Recent, right? No, well, no, I've, I've also, uh, I've worn a watch my entire life. Okay. Starting from five. In fact, my, my first watch was also a baby G, but it was just the Gumby watch. It was like a, the baby Gumby. So like oh, wrapped around. Yeah. Oh, no. like, I just saw a photo, you know, of, I think when I was five years old, uh, in, in kindergarten and had that. So, and because as I was saying, I just traveled around a lot. My father was a diplomat and before he was in government just had international business. And so every summer, from as far as I can remember, 
we would go somewhere, you know, and it wasn't the American kind of on a trip that was, we would, uh, basically rent a house for three months and all the kids would go to local school and all the, but you know, when I was, I was born in 1983 in the eighties and whatnot, you know, before cell phones and everything, it's like, Hey, you need to be here back here by this time. Or like the bus is leaving. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the trip. So I've always had watches. Um, and I always appreciated real tool watches. There are various chapters in my life. For example, I spent a semester in high school on basically an abandoned island in the Bahamas and oh, we wow. scuba dived every day trained by a former Navy SEAL. Um, it was, it was, it was crazy, but we, I had to have a really good dive watch mm-hmm. and, you know, I bought a Luminox, oh, cool. you know, one of those Navy SEAL watches, but I really understood the value of, of a, of a real uh, dive watch. It's all, it's all I had and, and various, you know, I've, I've just always worn a watch, but I didn't really get into it from, almost a philosophical and historical sense until the early in the pandemic. And I've mentioned this before, but the, the long short of it is, as you all remember, as, as the whole world knows, and we're still in it, you know, the very beginning of the uh, lockdown was just, uh, my brain was broken and I had poured my life into this business that I built with my co-founder and we were, you know, it's growing it's several years in, but I didn't know if our business was going to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our second daughter had just been born. So you're already kind of sleep deprived and out of it with that experience. And then, you know, we live on the West side of Los Angeles with a lot of the social issues going on and protests. We live near Mm -hmm. UCLA. We could hear gunshots from our front yard. It was just, life was upside down. Mm -hmm. And I developed, um, a sleeping disorder. I mean, nothing. I just, I couldn't sleep. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't sleep for weeks. It was just weird. Life was upside down. And after the girls went to bed, essentially after Lucy went to bed, you know, I unwound by, I just remember reading a book on watches and watch movements. And like, I slept like a baby that night (laughs) and it was just the weirdest thing. And the next day I kind of read again and I, it was like a sleeping aid. It just, my mind was able to exhale. Um, And, and so, you know, I started watching YouTube videos and I'll, I'll tell you that, as, as much of a hellscape as social media and online <laughs> video can be, yeah. particularly at that time, the algorithm works. And, you know, passion things like the world of watches, et cetera, boy, I just immediately fell into kind of introductory type educational stuff. And then, you know, it's not before I was just mainstreaming and binging Tim Masso for hours. And it was fascinating and it just tickled my brain. And one thing I've always been passionate about with anything I do is uh, history. I love history mm-hmm. um, for a lot of reasons. But, you know, of course, the, the pursuit of keeping time <laughs> is as, as human a story as it gets over the last, I don't know, several thousand years. And so that was sustaining for me for a couple of months. Um, and then I started listening to podcasts, which I found to be kind of have the highest nutrition value of all media, because, you know, I just think of it in, in any sort of learning curve, you learn the basics and then you realize maybe you have a passion and you seek out information. <laughs> uh, just a call, a call back to earlier's reference to the Dewey decimal system. I know you get that all the time on your podcast, but RIP, uh, or I guess long, long live Dewey decimal. But I like, I found pod, eventually you get to a point where it's just like, I just want to, I grew up with older siblings. My older brother's seven years older. My older sister's four years older. 
And when you grow up with that, you realize, hey, when you're lucky to kind of pull up a table, uh, a chair to the big kids table, Mm -hmm. like keep your mouth shut and listen for a while. Like when you're hanging out with your older brother's friends, like just shut up, man. Play it cool. Listen, you'll learn a lot. I don't feel like my sister ever got that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, when you, when you start your professional career, um, a lot of times you try to seek out a, a mentor or whoever your boss is, and you just listen in on phone calls. Mm-hmm. You hear how the varsity players just talk with each other. And so that to me was podcasts. And I could, I could just listen and hear people's stories and then the, the community. And of course, you know, as we all know, watches is the gateway drug. It's the community around it yeah. that yeah. makes it sustaining. And so I, th- I, I quickly, um, that became it. Of course, we, we literally couldn't leave our house for a very, very long time. And so I would, uh, I, I just, I, I found watches to be uh, a medication of sanity for mm-hmm. me. Um, and it has continued. It just hasn't stopped. But luckily, I was kind of slowly but surely able to share it with, with Lucy because, you know, we all face the problem of, oh, gosh, now I'm really into this. Now I'm, I think I'm starting to dream about, like, this watch. Like, it's, it's affecting my subconscious. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm going to make some purchasing decisions. <laughs> and that's when I started listening to podcasts, for example. Like, there's a whole genre of podcasts about how, like, husbands won't talk to their wives about, like, watch purchasing decisions. And I was yeah. like, eesh. Yeah. And, you know, my parents had a 40-year-plus marriage before they got divorced. And as Lucy and I are having children, I'm just thinking, boy, this watch thing seems to be pretty major in my life. And I think I want this to last my entire life. So I need to really start figuring out how to share this with Lucy. Mm-hmm. Lucy, I don't know. Where, where's the story? Yeah, going so I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, Lucy, what was life like having to listen to podcasts all the time about watches and not even really knowing much about watches yourself? So let me tell you something about my husband. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. He wears, he wears AirPods in his ears in the house all day long. <laughs> so if I call his name from one room, he doesn't hear me. Okay. So I'll, I'll be yelling, Miles, nothing. So it's because he. It's because of noise canceling technology. And that's the AirPod Pro. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. I'm at your so, call. No, no, no. I'm just teasing. So it basically, okay. So it comes down, for me, it comes down to this like sort of thing that my sister-in-law told me um, when I got married. So she said, there's, she like, you know, you're giving like advice or whatever. It's kind of like one of those phases in your life where you get like a ton of unsolicited advice. But this was really great advice. And it was the following. It was... With your partner, focus on three things, side to side, face to face, and body to body. So side to side is like, be aware of the things that your partner's interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, if they like a show, sit down and watch it with them. Face to faces, make eye contact with your partner when you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. Make sure you make time to have quality conversations with them about things that are important. Body to bodies, like obviously intimacy, affection, sexuality, like explore all of those things with your partner. Mm -hmm. So for me, like it's just such an easy thing to remember. And I think it's just so useful. So for me, um, I've noticed that like Miles 
because he has like a research brain and I share that, it's something where he can really get invested in things. And for a little while, well, not like for a little while, but he's also very interested in golf. And so I tried to play golf and as it turns out, I'm terrible and I whiff the ball and like, you have to really like golf to practice golf and I don't. (laughs) So, um, that was a pass. Um, although every once in a while we'll watch a tournament together or whatever. Actually, Mm -hmm. it culminated in me winning a whole category on Jeopardy on golf questions and I got them all correct and I sort of was like, I'm done. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then when it came to horology, I was like, okay, this I can sort of get behind a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I loved just like what you guys are doing. I loved seeing so many women in the space and I was really interested in what women enthusiasts were talking about when it came to watch collecting and just like watch education. So Miles would watch Jenny L's videos and I was like, who is this sweet, smart, articulate woman talking about watches. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was like, I'll watch the Jenny L videos with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then slowly but surely, more conversations about it. He would send me like a Kara Barrett interview or like an article or now there's um, like Instagram accounts that I follow. Like Mm -hmm. I follow Dime Peace. Yeah. um, Yeah. Bryn, Bryn Walner. She's really cool. And I think another one is called Dials for Days. She's also yeah, at Hodinky. Yeah. Like, I follow you guys listen to, listening to your podcasts, trying to, like, be able to be conversationally fluent in something that's really important to my husband. Mm-hmm. And it only happens to make it better because I really love it. Like, the fact that Bob's Watches has, like, all of these grids of, like, every serial number and manufacturing year for every single timepiece. Like, you can find something on your watch that's, like, almost like a treasure map. And Mm -hmm. then you get to go down a rabbit hole and figure out, like, there's this watch that I was describing to you guys that my mom gave me for my 18th birthday. I knew nothing about it until maybe two months ago. Yeah. Where I learned all about which oyster bracelet it had, which year it came from, how to take the strap off so that I could look for the serial number, all these things <laughs> that to me were just awesome. Yeah. I don't know. It just is so cool that there's an ever growing amount of information about them. And so. <laughs> well, and I think that's, that's really cool because I think, you know, and I say this all the time, I, there's different levels of being an enthusiast, you right. know, and, and there's no right or wrong. There's some people that love, um, you know, love movements and they want to know everything they can about the movement right. and the, and, you know, the materials and that, that's great. It's not for me, you know, I like more of the history and I like more of the aesthetics and I like the, um, you know, just kind of the presence that the watch has in our society, whether it's like a really special piece that you see a lot of celebrities wearing. Cause I mean, those things do influence you in the long run. I mean, they do for me at least, but, um, you know, everybody's at such different levels of this and, and where you are is, is a really good place. I, like I, I'm gonna have my husband listen to this podcast because, like, I wish he was like, <laughs> like I want him, I want him so bad to be into this Kat's and gonna have this side by side, face to face, body to body conversation. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's fantastic. I, and and 
and if he doesn't share watches with me, that's fine because we, you know, we're both kind of film buffs and we both love that. And I think it's important just to have, have something, whether it, it doesn't have to be every single hobby. Like you said, you tried golf, didn't work out like not for you. (laughs) Um, So, but that's really awesome that you guys could kind of find something together that you both can, you know, talk about and watch videos on and, and be really excited about. Uh, and Lord knows the content that's coming out, especially from like people like Jenny L. She's just killing it. Is is it's like I mean I will right say now. that I want to just clarify the watch stuff is definitely Miles's thing. Yeah. <laughs> However, I do just like I I find it really fascinating. Yeah. And it's interesting. And so I'm, I'm noticing. I'm now noticing a new shift in kind of Lucy's evolution because the secret, the secret is as much as he says, it's my thing. (laughs) She's really getting into it. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. (laughs) But here's, here's the new joy I see with her. So I've, I've got a number of reflections, but just on, on kind of Lucy's trajectory, she is, I mean, again, let's just zoom out. Like Lord knows community true community, even if it means like one other person, family or like close circle of friends matters. It's mattered more Mm -hmm. this year than ever before. We're reminded of that value. And so, and then just before that, I was saying, what is really sustaining about the watch world? It's the community around it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, just to rewind on the last year, we have these two young children. Lucy is very much mother hen. And, you know, there's kind of like four or five other families in our life who have young children the same age as our children. And we had to create a little pod and we, you know, it's been an intense year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of Lucy's friends, you know, they, I have seen them kind of just be like, Hey, I know you know more about watches than I do. What do you think Mm -hmm. about this? And they'll ask Lucy a question. And then I see Lucy kind of be amongst her peer group, you know, the most informed and to give advice. And then Mm -hmm. she'll start sending them an Instagram photo and sending, and like, just passing that on, you know, yeah. is so fulfilling. And I, I, I love it. Cause I can, we'll, we'll even be watching a, a, you know, whatever, a television show. And she'll say, wait, flip it back to that channel. And I'll be like, what? And she'll be like, <laughs> okay. Okay. No, let's, let's, let's be real. Let's, let's share names. Okay. We were watching the Kardashians and we were like every five seconds we were pausing it every five seconds. I was like, wait, is that an AP, but like fully covered in diamonds? Yeah. He's like, yes, yes, it is. Lucy, that's fully covered sure in diamonds. Is. I'm like, oh my God. So- now, Lucy, can you confirm, like, honest, honestly, like, that's the first time I had watched that show for more than like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, listen. You don't, no, you, no, you don't have to worry about that. You, we're not, we're not calling you out on watching the Kardashians. I get it, but it was, a, it was an eye opener for me because I had never understood like the hype piece. You know, you turn on, when you seek out watch content on YouTube's half of it is like bro market value stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, it, like how large is this possible audience? Yeah. Like who cares about the investments of just three like watch models? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, after watching the Kardashians for 10 minutes, it totally makes sense. This is insane. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just a showcase only of three watch models mm-hmm. in just ever more expensive iterations, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That, I mean, yeah, I I think that's, I mean, and we say, I know me and Catelyn say all the time, like we're not influenced by what other people have, but the vast majority of people are. And and it is so important. And and like, like you, Lucy, like my husband, he'll watch stuff with me now and he'll pause it to ask like, 
He'll, yeah. he'll, well, he, I think he's like testing me if I know what, <laughs> and sometimes it's like you're watching a movie. It's not even a real, it's not a brand. It's, you know, it's just a prop, but um, I think that's really cool. And, and that's, again, just something that you guys can kind of bond over too. Well, now like my antenna is kind of up, right? Yeah. So I'll see something and I'll make a comment about it, which before I would never have noticed. Do you that's find, fine. do you find yourself like, I, I know we're probably not going out and about a lot right now, but like, do you find yourself looking at people's wrists a lot more now? A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also think, I don't know, the, the Instagram communities are so fulfilling. Like, I yeah. think that just being able to see more, I don't know, it's, I don't want to really say it's influencer culture, but it really is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so just being able to see that and notice that more, um, I love seeing like, the stuff on like dime piece is really fun because yeah. it's not current, you know, and also like dials for days. She, her stuff, like she'll find really cool pieces that, you know, I'm sure you could probably hear my kid in the background. But, <laughs> um, Wait, I want to yeah. jump in. I want to yeah. jump in on a point just because on the theme, it's so funny. I, these themes I've never gotten to talk about <laughs> uh, in the nature of, you know, good marital advice, etc. You know, Lucy is an only child and her parents separated when she was young and her father <laughs> passed away many years ago uh, before Lucy and I ever met. So it's really just her and her mom. And she grew up, you know, <laughs> this sounds all soulful and whatnot. One of her quote unquote love languages, the way her parents expressed love was mm-hmm. through gift giving. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the only child and her parents are separated. So you can imagine, you know, treats and gifts were a big deal. For me, I had, I'm one of four children. And so for me growing up, like it was really special to have the whole family say, today's your day. So it was more experiential. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you, what do you want to order from the restaurant? Like today it's Miles's day. And so my whole life, the, where I would splurge money on was experiential, Um, a trip or a one-off thing. And and again, there's no right or wrong answer, but for Lucy, her whole life, you know, if you're splurged on something, it's a really special treat and a gift. And so it's interesting because now, of course, I mean, the joy for me in, in buying Lucy, well, I wanted to buy a watch. I kept on saying like, what do you like? What do you like? And, you know, I thought she would want like a blue dial, just like a day date if it was mm-hmm. a Rolex, or something that she could just wear all the time. Because honestly, like Lucy wears an Apple watch a lot and yeah. Apple watches are great. And she just kept on saying like, I just love your Rolex, like the, the black dial, like just the, the three, six, nine, like it. And so knowing that, of course, if I could find a, a, you know, a nice vintage model that was 36, it would be perfect. But honestly, like, let's be honest, like every single time I glance down at my watch, whatever watch I'm wearing, it's a little hit of dopamine. I mean, I just love it. Like watches mm-hmm. so perfectly fit the contours of my imagination that like just a little bit poking out, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just a a way that I cope with ADD. Like every 20 seconds, I'll just glance down, but whatever (laughs) it is, I like it. And the joy of actually, whenever I see Lucy, she's wearing a beautiful watch on her wrist. Like, it's just like, Oh, I just, I just more than two X, just a dopamine hit. Yeah. Like watches provide, like seeing it on her. It's so nice. But now it's like, okay, well maybe in the future, you know, we all make lists. Mm-hmm. Lucy now has like, well, I know what I'd like for my next watch gift. Whereas for me, I I only think of experiences. Like uh-huh. I recently, 
you know, like this AP, like I had to take out to lunch the head of North America mm-hmm. uh, for AP. And like, that was like a six month, like seduction that I had to <laughs> like, professionally like entice this guy. Yeah. And, but that's part of the story for me. So it's this nice kind of win-win where, you know, we all get different things out of things. Yeah. But the fact that I can totally open and share it, because let's be honest, like this, uh, Audemars Piguet watch I'm wearing is a very special watch. It is a very difficult thing to justify financially, even mm-hmm. if it does retain its value and whatnot. I mean, it is perhaps the definition of luxury. Nobody needs this. <laughs> and so, you know, for me to not have guilt and kind of like tiptoe around it. And then also like, gosh, Lucy, like, why don't, why don't you wear it for a week? Like, it's really, it's, it's so nice. I was not expecting to be able to share this. Well, so I want to interrupt if that's okay. <laughs> Basically, there's, I forget who wrote the article. So Miles, if you remember what you say, but there were, there's, they were making the argument for a couple's watch. And basically it's like, don't get a dog, get a watch like that you and your spouse share, basically. This, and, this, this promotion was not sponsored by the SPCA. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we have a dog, like it's all good, but and I, I remember reading that and sort of thinking, like, we accidentally did that. Um, so I gave Miles um, a Cartier tank on our wedding day. Mm-hmm. And he, it was, had a black band and he had the band changed. And once he changed the band, I started wearing it. Oh, okay. And so then he was like, well, why don't I give it back to you if you love wearing it? And now it's the watch that we share. Oh, wow. um, and it's it's like this cool thing where it's gender neutral enough mm-hmm. where we can both wear it with a bunch of different outfits and a bunch of different moods. And like, I think that that's a really cool way for people that might want to um, like integrate their spouse into their like her- horology passion is to say like, this is a watch that I love that I think would like be really cool for you to wear also. Yeah. yeah. And that way it sort of becomes, you know, more of like a collective appreciation, I guess. Yeah. It's a good way to talk your spouse into cool. letting you spend the money to buy one. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'll share this with you, I, I promise. I are, are you sharing that sub with Jonathan? No, I'm not. No. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> thought I'd ask. Yeah, another, another way to look at it is like, oh boy, this... This Cartier is really great, but since I do wear it every day, I realize, hmm, maybe like a Cartier tank is not a great everyday watch. My wrist yeah. sweats. Like I work <laughs> at a coffee roasting facility where my wrist bangs on like hard objects all the time. Yeah. I want to buy a new watch. Hey, sweetheart, why don't you have this one? It meant so much when you gave it to me. I want to make sure that it lasts forever like our love will. So you you keep it safe. Yeah, well then, like, I think that day I wore it into the bathtub with the kids. So (laughs) definitely a little bit of a problem. Well, and and you guys had mentioned lists a little bit earlier. You know, I want to kind of dive into that a little bit. So, you know, you've got, you wear the Cartier, you've got your couple Rolexes. Is there anything, what's, what's kind of the next step for you, Lucy, as far as your progression into watches? Is there, I'm sure you've got quite a few on your list, but um, anything that stands out? Miles, are you taking notes? I was about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, honestly, right now, it's so funny. People talk about like their grail watch or whatever. And I am like so far away from that. I Right now, I'm just like, I love... Like, I like, I'm really enjoying figuring out what 
um, I'm drawn to and what mm-hmm. I'm attracted to, like in the watch community. So after going to the AP store with Miles, I I actually wore his watch for a couple days while the extra link was ordered. And I was like, oh, like this Royal Oak feels pretty nice on my <laughs> wrist. So um, I I think I would, you know, if I, if, if I got to pick anything, I would maybe do um, like a Royal Oak, but I heard someone refer to it as Fort Knox because it's like the gold bracelet with the gold or champagne, yellow gold or champagne. Oh, yeah. Dial. Yeah. But so I think that's really beautiful. Um, and we've watched a lot of videos on how um, the tapisserie dial is made. And I think that that's really, really cool and special. Yeah. I actually loved the new, um, the 2020, um, the green OP. I yeah. know that there's like a lot of talk about the candy pink one, but I loved the green one so much. I thought it was so cool. And then actually, while I was doing research on the Explorer that I am wearing, I learned about um, the Blackout Explorer. And I think that that is like, I would just love to hold one of the original ones. Like, I don't need to own it. I just yeah. want to hold it and look <laughs> at it. Um, because I think that, that would be really cool just yeah. to see just cause it's so rare and um, it's really cool. I don't know. I have, I, I honestly like, I'm not that, and of course, like I'm sure I'm going to maybe miff a lot of people by saying this, but like, I've never really been drawn to Patek Philippe. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. um, I just realized that like, there's one that I love, which is the, perpetual calendar moon phase um a lot of other people love that yeah yeah i I know it's like so silly because it's like you know i know what like fifty thousand dollars you think i'm sure it's like so expensive but um no worries because just before that as every husband wants to hear what do you want next? Oh, I don't know. Something that's nicknamed the Fort Knox. I mean, <laughs> solid gold bracelet. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, I'm probably really embarrassing myself. But, like, I don't care. No. I'm just being honest. That's what we I all do, on- though. We all dream. Like, I want yeah. these watches that I will never, even if I could afford to buy them, I, I never would buy them. But okay, so nice actually, I, just, to your, just to that point, Catelyn, <laughs> like, I, there's so much conversation about, like, you know, should watches be designed for women? Should watches be designed for men? S- stuff like that. I don't personally think that watches should be designed, like gender designed. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't think it makes sense personally to me. Yeah. Like I see, like I have one of my friends wears a Rolex that's like 40 plus millimeters and like, it looks so cool and chic on her. And like, then like, I know like, other like I know men that have the candy pink OP so it's Mm -hmm. like who cares whatever wear what makes you feel good but I do think that there's a reason why there's more male collectors and it's sort of to what you're just saying it's like if I had you know and like a surprise check where like I got to pick out any watch that I wanted I don't know if I would spend that money on a watch no so and I don't know if that's because I'm, I don't know what that means. But with women, at least this is a huge generalization. There's jewelry, there's 
handbags, there's clothing, there's <laughs> home improvements, yeah. you know, like <laughs> there's car payments. And, you know, it's like things where, okay, this is maybe something that I might second guess. Anyway, so I, and yeah. I'm not saying that men don't also have the thoughts of responsibilities that way. I just mean that with th- there's, I don't know, like you hear about like Hermes bags and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Like there's so many other things in like the cultural zeitgeist for women to be interested in collecting because mm-hmm. of like the messaging that we've been fed Yeah, that like maybe watches might not be the first thing that they think of. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. sense. And I think it's getting, it's getting better too, because I think brands like, you know, Hermes and, um, you know, even fashion brands, Cartier and Louis Vuitton, they, they've got really like really great horological pieces now that yeah, are coming out. Like and respectable Respectable watches, pieces. Not that, just yeah, little battery yeah, like the movement, watches. They're doing stuff really cool with the movements. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think this is a good thing because this is like, this is going to bring more women into the hobby because yeah, maybe showing, you know, a lady, a, a submariner is not really going to do much for her in the, at, at first, you know, she may jump into it later. I certainly wasn't attract to, attracted to it at first. Um, and now yeah. I love these like tool watches and, and like you, like I like the big, you know, we used to call it the boyfriend style look on the wrist. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I like that. And and maybe it's because I saw it on other women. You know, I saw like Cameron Diaz rocking a Jennifer big, like, yeah, like says, a deep yeah. sea on the wrist. And I was like, yeah, I like that look. But um, <laughs> <laughs> as we literally just said, celebrities don't sell us. They, no, they do. I'll admit, I'll admit they, <laughs> they do. Um, well, yeah, I to mean, a certain extent. I don't know. Is it Cara or Kara Barrett? At Hodinkee. Kara. Yeah. Kara. So she was on the OT, right? And she was talking about, um, you know, what would bring more women to the collecting space. And she mentioned the idea of influencers. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm I'm actually a needle pointer. That's my true hobby is like I needle point. And I have to say that the fact that like, there's this new wave of needle pointers on Instagram has really revived my interest in the hobby. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. I don't think that there's anything to be like guilty or ashamed about if you see influencers who devote their time to creating content, who um, like respectfully refresh your interest in your hobby. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I love, I don't know, I've already mentioned like a bunch of, Instagrams, but like I love being able to like scroll through and like the Patek Philippe, like I saw that on the Tropical Watch Instagram, you know, and it's like that's cool. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's just cool. Yeah. And that you made some really, really great points with that too. Um so so Miles, what about you? What what's what's kind of next on your radar? I mean, I know you know you just picked up a new piece, but um maybe not right now, but what's what's uh what are you thinking in the future? Uh, just quickly, I realize we only went halfway through the very first question of the podcast. Uh, y'all have not given us your wrist checks. Oh, you know, we just wore the same old, same old. <laughs> <laughs> Has this uh, Submariner come off your wrist at all? No. So yeah, I just I just bought one of the new 2020 uh, Rolex Submariners, just the the black no date. Woo-hoo. 
Yeah. And is it a uh, date or no date? No date. No date. Just nice, <laughs> nice and <Yes>. clean. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I've, I've had this on the wrist for a week. I have not taken it off at all. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be glued on for a little while. <laughs> that's so cool. That is, that's so cool, by the way. The, the ultimate perfect one watch collection. Really? Are you thinking about an engraving on the back? Because for my Explorer, that was, I did not take that watch off for five years every single day and just having a secret little engraving on the back for me was just a new dimension of watches for me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, your sub is the ultimate perfect watch to have engraved. If you ever choose to go that route. I know. Up. I know. I, I don't know. I, so I, I bought, well, I didn't buy, it. I, I was gifted a date just for my birthday recently, my 30th. And that one, I think if anything I get engraved, it will be that one. Yeah. I'm not sure about the sub yet, but I do like that point of like having like a little secret thing that kind of connects you to the watch. Um, so yeah, I might, I might get to thinking on that one a little bit more. I feel like it's so much pressure. It is a, it's a lot great. of pressure. What did you put on yours? Was it a, a, a date or was it? It was. No, Guys, it this was, was a, a whole process. <laughs> <laughs> we did it in Boston. Okay. We had to go to a special engraving place yeah. in Boston to do it. Yeah, it was a, well, it was just a, a motif uh, of a very special thing in my life that was a, a, a club I was a member of in, in college. Oh, and cool. the club goes back to the 1700s. Oh, wow. And it's uh, kind of a little, a pig motif. But the there's only one person that can engrave it. And that engraver in Boston has a direct lineage to Paul Revere, who oh. was an incredible silversmith. Yeah. And, you know, kind of the, the redcoats are coming, the redcoats are coming. And so... As one does. <laughs> Uh, so I had this little motif and then my initials, my, my full name is James Leslie Miles Fisher. So, you know, JLMF, it was just personal. Nobody ever knows, you know, it's just a private, essentially, as you're saying, you know, you get nervous about it because in essence, it's a tattoo. I've no, I don't have a tattoo and I don't have piercings, but I totally understand, um, the desire just to express oneself and, mm-hmm. and the sincerity of a permanent gesture like that. So to do that to my watch kind of <laughs> underneath that nobody knows it's, uh, it's neat. I will, I will answer your question. And by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what, okay. So, and what, what, what about you? Uh, I have, uh, the Grand Seiko SBGV 245, which is the, hang on. Let's do Is that, now is that spring drive? No, this is the nine. Oh, that's, that is honestly what I'm thinking about. Those are so beautiful. I mean, it was a great like entry level into Grand Seiko. I have heard I've been obsessed with Grand Seiko for a long time, but it's been hard for me to find like that perfect watch because their watches are either their dive watches are a little too sporty for me, and they're you know the rest of their collection is very dressy, and I'm a very like like even when I'm a little bit more dressed up, I still like a very casual looking watch. Um, and their dials are so beautiful, but to me, like they save their, like the snowflake and like the four seasons collections, like all of the really pretty dials are always in titanium and I'm not a fan of titanium. Um, and gray's my color. So it was a great (laughs) like entry into the brand. It's a sportier case. Um, it's a strap monster, which I love. So Yeah. yeah. Two, two beautiful, beautiful pieces. I'm with you on that. The first time I, I picked up the snowflake because it's, mm-hmm. it's a touch larger than you would imagine, but then it's so much lighter. Yeah. And it's this weird, like, anti-Goldilocks zone. Yeah. Nothing to get, by the way, I, I have a Grand Seiko that I absolutely love. Yeah, I it's... Tr- truly seduced by the spring. Tr- and I love everything Grand Seiko. I lived in Japan for a year when I was young. Like, 
everything about it I am into. Yeah. But I'm with you. I mean, steel, steel all the way. And their case design, it can be an acquired taste. <laughs> an acquired case. <laughs> and the finishing. The finishing is just so next level. Zeratsu, honestly. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed with it. I am worried. I so all of a sudden it got winter here again in Tennessee <laughs> for no reason. Um, so like I'm worried about summer because I just got this watch in November. So I always have like a sweater or a long sleeve to cover it. I'm afraid when I like scratch it, yeah. I'm really, it stresses me it's out. Gonna the, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's so pretty. <laughs> I can't. Just the thought of it stresses me out. Well, and that's a good question. Lu- Lucy, do you like, do you... Do you worry about all those little things? I know we we do as like because we're just watch nerds. That little <laughs> that first you know scratch and dent you know. But is does that well does that bother you at all um, on your on your own pieces? Well, it reminds me of a very quick comment, which was that during the first week when we were or like not even the first week, the first couple days when I was wearing Miles's Royal Oak, um, when he put it back on, he was like. You scratched it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, but he was like, "It's okay. It gives it character." Um, you know, I I actually believe in like when you have really nice pieces that you love that are crafted with integrity that you should wear them, and that the scratches and the wear actually adds to the piece. Um, for example, I like I will use fine china sometimes and sometimes I will put it in the dishwasher because I'm tired at the end of the day (laughs) and you know I know that that's a huge no-no but I I really believe in I believe in like the integrity of these pieces that are just made with so much care and obviously one of the reasons why I love my explorer is that I can wear it in my like when my kids are doing their swim lesson in the pool yeah, mm-hmm. and then I can also wear it to um, a business meeting or, you know, anything where I'm, it's just so versatile. And I think that it's important to consider that when you have an everyday watch, like this is a workhorse. Like mm-hmm. it, I feel like it's like my partner in crime. Like we can, you know, get through the day, whatever the day throws at us. But um I'd like to speak to that just on, as as I'm listening to you. So my first job, when I was in college, I had a weekend job um, at like a men's clothing store, an old fashioned men's clothing store. But when I say old fashioned, I mean old fashioned in that, like, you know, we, it was the same shop that sold a lot of people, their grandparents sports coat. Oh, wow. Um, You know, so we had a tailor, we had two tailors on site. It was this tiny little shoebox of a store called the Andover shop in Cambridge, Massachusetts, but it had been there for 80 years. And I also went to a high school where I had to wear a jacket and tie every single day, a high school in in Washington, DC. And so, you know, you're in high school, like wearing a blazer, it's just a man purse. You have two exterior pockets, two interior pockets, heat regulation. You take it on or off, you shove it in your backpack. (laughs) You know, it was just a utility piece. Um, And then when I was in college, working at the store and educating myself on menswear. I mean, obviously it's, it's not like women's fashion, but you can, you can get up there on like a men's blazer um, mm-hmm. because of the tailoring and all the time and, and the craftsmanship. But when you have it, you know, the, the expression we always used is the most expensive suit you ever buy is the one you never wear. 
So, you know, if you buy a suit that's kind of expensive, but you wear it three days a week for 10 years, that's extraordinary value. Yeah. And I always had my fat because I went to a high school that actually still had coat and tie and, you know, in college was wearing a tie at work. Like I've always had kind of just a frayed look to my nice clothes, Mm -hmm. you know, you, and, and small expressions. Like I remember when I was young, I always thought, you know, Cary Grant was just the coolest. And, you know, I remember he once said, always wear a tuxedo jacket as though you just picked it up off the back of a chair. You know, this nonchalance of don't let the clothes wear you, you wear the clothes. Mm -hmm. And, and that is kind of the reason why you invest in quality. You know, right now in fast fashion, the biggest conversation right now is uh, buy less, buy better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Sustainability, this sort of idea. And so I have always like, I am by no means a watch collector. I'm just a watch enthusiast. But whatever I buy, it's it's always like a cost per use calculation, and I'm going to put it into the rotation. Otherwise, I mean, that's just a. I'm I'm not a collector who just likes to sit on things. And mm-hmm. what I do love about watches is that, just as Lucy said, and as we know, you know, you wake up in the morning, and if you have more than one watch, well, then you have an option to suit that occasion or that purpose, or you know, you just kind of meet a new energy of a day. And so I love the, the hardest part is that first scratch. When you get that second scratch, <laughs> then it's freedom because it's like, oh, this is now my patina and this mm-hmm. is everything. But they are, they are built to last. And the last thing that I would want is to get a nice watch like the one I'm wearing and have it wear me. Yeah. The more self-conscious I am about it, then both the watch loses and I lose. Mm-hmm. That's not to say, you know, have reckless behavior, but... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just, yeah, I don't think it, I I think that's a really important point. It doesn't mean that I'm like throwing around something that's um, of high quality or of high monetary value. I think, of course, it goes without saying, I think that when you're talking about like horology and luxury goods, that this all comes from a place of privilege. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not at all lost on me. Um, I think that... um, when you have nice things that are crafted really well, they're meant to be worn, they're meant to be used. And, you know, we're fortunate where a lot of these companies will spa their goods. They'll help you refurbish them. Um, and I think that that's another, you know, just another point um, that if you, Miles, like you took the Cartier back to the store and they helped you spiff it up. And I think that that's, you know, that's also just, again, speaking to the integrity of these companies. Mm-hmm. You know, they want their goods to last. They want you to love wearing them. So, um, Right, which runs, which runs in the face of the current consumer model. And, right. um, you know, I think we all realize that an Apple Watch is just an extraordinary machine. Oh, yeah. I mean, what mm-hmm. a useful thing. Like, it's, it's so useful. It's crazy. <laughs> but we also all know that in 10 years we're not even going to be able to buy the charging mechanism for that watch. Yeah. Yeah. It just won't exist intent. Like nobody's arguing. So this idea of, you know, I mean, Lucy, when you were first learning about watches, I remember you're like, is this the kind that it's heartbeat falls asleep? If I don't wear it for a few (laughs) days. I like that. Actually, it's so sweet. Miles will talk to our oldest daughter and share like the watch experience with her. And he'll hold the watch up to her ear and he'll say, Lily, can you hear the watch's heart beating? Oh. And she'll listen with such um, 
dedication mm-hmm. and such wonder. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I know that you guys were like laughing at me when I said that I liked like the perpetual calendar moon phase watch, but not, not I mean, at you, not at you. you, but yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, not, yeah, like laughing. Hey, I was the one laughing <laughs> yeah, at you. No, I know. So no, but I guess for me, it's like learning about the complications on watches is just so mind blowing mm-hmm. that I don't know. I mean, it's like these. That's, that's yeah. what's so cool. It's so the fact cool. That you just it's got so it. Like cool. for me, I'm on a huge. I mean, talk about nerdy, but I'm deep in like the marine chronometer kind of like game, like figuring out longitude in you know the Napoleonic era is just like whoa, this is super fascinating. <laughs> um, I would I would never say that out out loud in public, but it's, <laughs> it is so cool and like. Yeah, a perpetual calendar, just miniaturizing these machines and mm-hmm. realizing that, like, my God, Switzerland, the Jura Valley was was Silicon Valley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and even, like, you know, I've recently got on a, a Moser kick and just Schaffhausen, like, IWC, yeah. like, founded by, like, an American Bostonian industrialist. But, like, where did he get hydropower? He mm-hmm. had to, and, like, even just, like, there were better tax incentives back then. Yeah. Like, I have this business that's not reinventing the wheel at all. I'm a coffee roaster, but you know, we have a new twist in that we've always been direct to consumer. We roast and ship coffee and we ship it right to your house. Okay. Well, coffee has been around for millennia, millennia in every civilization in the world, not unlike timekeeping and watches, but you know, with like Rolex, for example, and by the way, it's, it's interesting, you know, Lucy mentions Rolex. I, I think we all like Rolex, but I'm so beyond Rolex because, you know, to me, Rolex, isn't even represent watch. Rolex just means success to most people, mm-hmm. you know, but when I, when I, but I, I'm a huge fan of Hans Wilsdorf and a huge fan of, you know, the genesis of frankly, influencer marketing, right? Like yeah. back when the influencers were swinging the, the English channel, <laughs> climbing up mountains. Um, and then uh, also the seduction utility, they were the first, you know, Rolex, how they did um, in all of the storefront windows, you know, Hans Wilsdorf was like, I demand you buy aquariums. And you had to display the watches underwater in an aquarium around the world, you know, in the 1930s and 40s, like genius. Um, (laughs) But I personally, like, I love, with, with Rolex, it's kind of like someone saying, you know, like, oh my gosh, I love music. I totally love music. Yeah, I've only listened just to country my whole life only, but like music's the best. And you're like, what? There's so many other genres. Have you ever heard jazz? Like, have you ever like heard like, it's like, no, just country. But like, I love country music. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. I mean, Errol at AP, when we were talking, he said that Rolex makes um, more watches per year than AP has made in the history of the company. And for me, that was eye opening. I mean, just learning about the intricacies of the complications of the dials of the ways that they create these magnificent colors. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's just unbelievable how, how many, how many ways you can enjoy a watch, you know, like learning the history, learning the movements, um, understanding the people who made each piece with their hands. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a really, really, really special thing that I think to Miles's point, you know, in 10 years, in 20 years, these things 
are still made by hand. They're still made with the care and the craftsmanship that these companies put into their watches. And I think that for me, that is one of the most important parts of this is like the the human part of the watch, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I think with that, we... uh we will kind of begin to to wrap it up. I first of all, I could talk to you guys like for, for several more a long hours. Time. And I feel like I haven't I haven't started, and it's it's tough. <laughs> also, just with Lucy, we haven't done this because, like, in my last point, for example, like I bracket everything. Like, I, I was only in the first act of three acts of my thought process. Like, I didn't even <laughs> to, and I was like, I didn't even get to what I was trying to say. I feel like I haven't made a single point this whole time. Well, yeah. And I'm like ready to go. Like, I'm ready to tell you my thesis. I'm ready to Next, what my collection is like. Okay, okay, I'll take, I'll take, I'll turn off my mic. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'd, I'd actually love to revisit the show with you guys. Yeah. You know, a couple months down the line, and and kind of see where you're at, Lucy, and and you guys together, if uh, if you'd ever want to do that. hundred percent. Well, so before we take it out, um, Miles, you also have a fantastic podcast. I want our listeners to know about it. Where can they they listen to you, and where can they find your coffee at? Yes. Well, um, honestly, the best kind of one stop shop would be, uh, find me on Instagram and that one link in the bio kind of has, has everything. Mm -hmm. Um, it's my name, Miles Fisher at Instagram, but I have uh, a coffee business. It's called Bixby. If if you drink coffee, check it out, bixbycoffee.com. Um, but the podcast is started as a, as a side project. I love podcasts. I've listened to podcasts. Uh, obsessively for over 10 years. And, you know, uh, my idea was a multi-generational interview. So it's my father and I interview people together and it's called coffee with the greats. And because of his life and his past experiences, our, our guests have been pretty extraordinary people from the founder of Southwest airlines to, and you know, the, the head of the biggest bank, a guy named Jamie Dimon to the chairman of AT&T. But, you know, I won't, we'll soon be talking with Dr. Condoleezza Rice. And and it's the the idea is all about um, the theme is what wisdom would you pass on to the next generation? Mm -hmm. So kind of share with us the broad strokes of your life story. And in so doing, how did you actually get through the difficult elements? You know, when, when work was really, really tough, tell us about your relationship with your children and yeah. your marriage. So it gets really personal. And whereas I have no business talking to any of these people to begin with, what has been unlocked is because it is my father and I talking in real time, the sincerity, just like Lucy and I, we're clearly a married couple and you know, we're, we're not BSing each other or yeah. BSing you. Yeah. It's been this really nice unlock to have these very intimate conversations with extraordinary people. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a great passion project. It's all done over a cup of coffee and kind of like, you know, you guys, there's no I'm not taking on ad money. You know, yeah. it's not we're not sponsored by anybody. I just want to share um share these conversations. So yeah, coffee, coffee with the greats and um you're nice to bring it up. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll we'll be sure to link it up in our show notes as well. Yeah, definitely. Well it's been Great chatting with you two and very insightful, by the way. I know. Like insanely insightful. We've, we've never talked to a couple no. on the show. So this, yeah, this is really exciting for us and, and we're excited to share it. Well, thanks. Thanks again. And thank you so you know, much thank for you, having us. Thank you for just putting out great content. I thank think you. kind of, like I said, you, 
y'all are the varsity table <laughs> and just listening to people and also listen. I mean, and, and, and literally you, y'all have turned me on to, I mean, I don't think I would have checked out. I think I heard about Mido initially uh, with you. I mean, I know uh, and now I feel like I've been a big fan of Oris for a while, but I feel like y'all turned me on to, to Oris initially. Um, it's just great. And it's really nice to get another perspective because at the same time, not only do I have a wife that likes watches, but <laughs> You know, I've got daughters who now grab my wrist and shove my watch up to their ear. Aww. And I think uh, not only is a women's perspective uh, useful, but it's 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 more often than not the the better perspective. So <laughs> I sure appreciate yeah. I I think it's so cool that you guys are such like cool articulate women in this space, and it's a total privilege to be on. Oh my gosh, thank my you. My first podcast ever, you guys. Oh. I hope I didn't embarrass myself. Too. No, no, you did great. It was so awesome. <laughs> Lucy, how can we find more about your needlepoint? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have I'm an Instagram page? Puff Fisher. Yeah. Okay. I'm, on, I'm on Instagram at Puff Fisher. Okay, cool. We will we'll link that up in the show notes too, so it's really easy to find. Hey, really quick. Yeah. I'm going to run out of time, but would you girls, I'm just, just testing an idea. Would y'all be interested in an affordable, nice pillow that's just needlepoint <laughs> and the design on the pillow was just a couple of super classic watches? Oh, so you um, had just 100%. Like, yeah. A <laughs> is that even a question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think about that, Lucy? Love it. He's really, really, really driving his point home. Guys. <laughs> He's really driving it home. I don't. I don't I know, know any, any needlepoint. And it takes me hours and hours and months and months and months. It would take me so long to do. Listen, Lucy. Nobody's expecting you to be the Rolex of needlepoint. You just want a little AP. You're going to be the AP of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, just one or two a year. That means you can price them however you want. Nobody's doing it. You create your own market. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Bye. Thank you so much. It's awesome to meet you guys. Thank, Thank you. Again. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>